Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records and the hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this week's show, we'll be celebrating the birthdays of Vera Gilleroff, James Cavanaugh, and Sammy Stewart. We'll call them as we see them, and we'll belly up to the bar. William Reed is a UK-based business media company which, since 2009, has compiled a number of world's best lists, including the world's 50 best restaurants, the world's 50 best hotels, and the world's 50 best bars. Last year, the U.S. dominated that list with a total of eight bars, six of them in New York City. This year, the U.S. tied with England for the most bars on the list with five, three of them in the Big Apple. According to the company, the goal of the list is to celebrate the excellence of the international drinks sector and pay tribute to the visionary bartenders, enterprising bar owners, and trailblazing brands that lead the charge in shaping cocktail culture around the world. Frankly, I'm not sure many of the bars on their list would be on Glenn Robison's list of the world's 50 best bars. Anyway, for this segment, we're going to visit some bars musically, beginning with Jimmy Davis. What's that? The world's best bar? Well, according to this list, it's Sips in Barcelona. Although the Connet Bar in London at number 5 looks much more like my kind of place. Yeah. 
doctor says I'll soon be dead How I wish I had you back My head was bowed as I recall The dice fell to the floor I took my last long barroom shot As I seven face on the barroom floor. It was a balmy winter's evening, and the sun was shining bright. Jake's barroom, it was busy, not a streetcar was in sight. While boyers and Charlesburg dancers passed the open door, a peddler slowly staggered in. The boyers began to roar. Watch your racket, someone said. Please tell us, dopey dope. Yeah, tell us, the boys all shouted. Why do you peddle soap? Well, it's a long, short story, boyers. Give me a little drink. All I had to drink all week I got from the kitchen sink. My name is Desperate Ginsburg. My father's name is Chris. My mother's name is Esther. My sister's name is Sis. I was once a fur cutter. And how the fur did fly. I made fancy fur coats to attract the people's eye. While working on a fur coat one day in June last May, for a bald-head boy, a friend from mine who lived across the way, when in my shop there walked a girl so sweet like lemon pie. She said I had a nice kind face and a very good blue eye. Well, I fell for this baloney and she went me through and through. I fell in love and how I fell it made me black and blue. After a year of good times had passed below my head, I asked her if she'd be my wife and this is what she said. Listen, sugar papa, don't be a boy like that. Thank you for the buggy ride. I'll have to leave your flat. That's why I'm selling so boyish. Why I never saw you cry. I thought that tears as big as apples would be running from every eye. Why, what's the matter, stranger? There is teardrops in your ears. Come, cry like me. Only babies and women should show tears. What's that? Sing you a song. <laughs> why, I would almost choke. Besides the Z-string on my ukulala, it is broke. Give me some more cockeye collar. And I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll dance for you the Ginsboy trot, and I'll do the simi too. So he took a drink and then began to do the Ginsboy trot. The boys clapped their hands with joy. That Ginsboy trot was hot. And now, said desperate Ginsboy, that drink has made me sad. So I will draw the picture of the girl that I once had. Let me have that chalk that you marked the pig's knuckle score, and you will see my darling Petrushka on the barroom floor. He started for us to draw her nose, so sweet like fresh-killed clover. And then he drew her dimpled chin, really, you must come over. He drew her hair a golden brown, she didn't need a shave. Just to make her look more wimpy, he gave her a poignant wave. And as he put some lipstick upon her shapeless mouth, the keepers from the knothouse came and carried Ginsburg out. <laughs> ¶¶ 
Anybody setting the drinks up Rose a half-choked drunken cry Don't tell me nobody's buying My dang throat's parched and dry Everyone turned on the speaker And let out a pitiful cry Cause there in the floor Just staggering drunk Stood Bill the old barfly Staged in the wood And it tastes so good Rye whiskey is my cry When the fire water trickles down My old windpipe Drowns the blues of the old barfly Drowns the blues of the old barfly I'll sing you a song for a drink, but don't laugh, I'm telling you right. I can sing like a caged canary when I get just a little bit tired. Don't tell me I'm polluted. Stranger, there's nothing to lose. Just buy me a drink and in double quick time I'll sing the barfly blues. Oh, it's staged in the wood and it tastes so good. Rye whiskey is my cry. When the fire water trickles down my old windpipe, drowns the blues of the old barfly. <laughs> Drown the blues of the old barfly. <laughs> Thanks for the shot there, fella. I tell you, the stuff is the thing. I ain't such a sight to look at. Listen to my vocal cords ring. Now that feels better. Man, that's dang good boo. Well, thanks for the drink. Just fixed me up. Now listen to the barfly blue. I've been to the east. I've been to the west. I've traveled this world all around, all around. I've been to the river to get baptized. I'm ready for my hole in the ground. I'm ready for my hole in the ground. I'm ready for my hole in the ground. I'm ready for my hole. I'm ready for my. I'm ready for more hole in the ground. Accompanying himself on guitar, augmented by composer Buck Nation on violin, there's Tex Ritter, February 5th, 1935, with the story of Bill the Barfly. Also issued on Montgomery Ward and Champion, that was DECA 5305. Woodward Maurice Ritter was born January 12, 1905, and if I were named Woodward Maurice, I'd call myself Tex, too. He's been heard only once before on the show. That's right, singing The Hills of Old Wyoming. But he has enough of a discography from the mid-1930s for a birthday segment next year. Tex Ritter recorded The Face on the Barroom Floor in 1959, but his version, as you might guess, is a bit different from Henry Burbig's Face on the Barroom Floor, which preceded Bill the Barfly. The poem The Face Upon the Barroom Floor was originally written in 1872 by John Henry Titus. A later version was adapted from Titus's work by Hugh Antoine Darcy in 1887 and published in the New York Dispatch. The poem is used as the basis of a 1914 short film of the same name starring Charlie Chaplin. 
Henry Burbig's version was recorded in late 1930 and issued on QRS 78, number Q1016. Henry Burbig was born August 6, 1903, and will be getting his own birthday segment next year also. Fun fact, CBS began television transmission as W2XAB on July 1, 1941, with a variety program. The guests included the Boswell sisters, George Gershwin, Kate Smith, and Henry Burbig. We started that barroom set with the two-term governor of Louisiana, Jimmy Davis, with his composition, The Barroom Message. Jimmy was accompanied by Prentice Dumas on steel guitar. That September 9, 1929 recording was made in Memphis, Tennessee, issued on Victor V-40154. I'm Glenn Robison, and you and I are listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. I don't have an exact date, but pianist, organist, and bandleader Sammy Stewart was born in 1890, or 91, in Circleville, Ohio. That's right, where Ted Lewis was born. By the time he graduated from Columbus East High School, he was already an excellent pianist, so Charlie Parker gave Stewart his first musical job as a member of Parker's Popular Players. No, not Bird, but the Columbus, Ohio booking agent and violinist. Parker's players were indeed popular with large newspaper ads announcing their appearances in prestigious area hotels from 1914 to 1923. The band was described as having inimitable vim and nerve, playing ragged rags and trots with an abandon that gets you going, but also classical selections rendered with musicianly feeling. But back to Sammy. In 1918, he formed his own band, poaching a number of members from the Parker outfit, and he was able to secure contracts with the Seacor Hotel in Toledo, and in 1922, The Ritz, an exclusive supper club in Detroit, Michigan. In 1923, Sammy Stewart and his Ten Knights opened at the Entertainers Cafe in Chicago. Uh, that is until Elliot Ness's Untouchables shut the place down for prohibition violations. The band was able to relocate to the Sunset Cafe in Chicago, and in the late 20s was heard regularly on radio broadcasts. The band moved to New York and played in numerous hotels, but in 1933 broke up, and Sammy became a solo pianist playing high-class clubs. In addition to piano, Stewart was also an accomplished organist. He played the organ at the Golden Gate Ballroom in Harlem and was one of the first black members of the American Guild of Pipe Organists. During retirement, he taught organ composition before his death in Manhattan on August 8, 1960. Here are three from Sammy Stewart. Thank you. 
after Irving Aronson performed it in a musical short film, and Fred Waring, Anson Weeks, Charles W. Hamp, and Dick Robertson and Ed Smalley all recorded it on disc, Sammy Stewart and his orchestra recorded their version of Wobbly Walk on August 3, 19, issued on Vocalion 15734. Wobbly Walk was written by Bud Green and Harry Warren. Before that, Sammy Stewart and his Ten Nights of Syncopation with My Man Rocks Me, written by Stewart and Eugene Hutt, trumpeter in the band. Paramount 20340 was recorded around May of 1924. We started our little tribute to Sammy Stewart with Copenhagen, written by Charlie Davis. It was issued on Paramount 20359, but we heard it on the Puritan label. America's Best Record. Well, it says so right there on the label. Last week, October 26th, marked the birth in 1902 in London of Vera Gilleroff, fourth of six children born to Eugene Gilleroff and Annie Snitkin. The family moved to Canada when Vera was six years old, and she studied music with her sister Olga, a respected professional music teacher. At age 12, Vera substituted for Harry Thomas, accompanying silent films at the Regent Theatre in Montreal, and when he eventually left, she replaced him. Her first attempts at composing resulted in If You Only Knew in 1921, followed a couple of years later by Lonesome Road. In 1923, she was heard over radio station CFCF in a remote broadcast from the Regent, and her recording career began in late 1925 when she came to the attention of Herbert S. Berliner, founder of the Compo Company, manufacturer of Apex, Microphone, Lucky Strike, and other record labels. Vera was touring with xylophonist and drummer Harry Rijinsky, and while appearing at Castle Farms in Cincinnati, Ohio in August of 1926, recorded some piano rolls for the vocal-style music company, the first to print song lyrics on the piano roll so they could be viewed and sung as the music played. Vera and Harry Rijinsky married in 1925. In the early 30s, Gilleroff and Willie Eckstein formed a duo known as the Piano Ramblers and had a 15-minute program on radio station CKAC, sponsored by the Canada Starch Company. In 1937, she went to England, recorded for HMV, and was heard on BBC Radio, billed as Canada's Melody Girl. Along with organist Reginald Fort and comedian Billy Scott Comer, she toured Great Britain, followed by an orchestra tour of Europe. Back in Canada, she performed for Canadian Armed Forces from 1940 to 1945 and spent time composing. She died October 23, 1976, and is buried in Montreal. Here's Vera Gilleroff. Thank you. 
I don't think music loves her or wine. Whenever your eyes look into mine, the things I long for are simple and few. A cup of coffee, a sandwich, and you.
Gilleroff in London in September of 1937 with both sides of HMV BD446, a medley of film hits by Berlin, Romberg, Dubin, Warren, and Gershwin. Sounds like a law firm. I was going to start with Vera's recording of Maple Leaf Rag, but it's just played so ridiculously fast it's not even pleasant to listen to. So I opted for A Cup of Coffee, A Sandwich, and You, written by Al Dubin, Joseph Meyer, and Billy Rose. That was recorded by Pathé in Montreal on January 4, 1926. The vocalist was the man responsible for starting Vera's recording career, Herbert S. Berliner. Yes, son of Emil Berliner, developer of the first commercially successful flat disc record. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is rapidly rotating flat disc and cylindrical records. We're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7, KISL Avalon, and KISLAvalon.com. This very day, October 29th, marks the birth in 1892 in New York City of James Anthony Cavanaugh, about whom I have precious little biographical information. His father passed away when he was just 10 years old. Fast forward to June 1917, and he was married to Martha V. Conroy and working in Manhattan as a chauffeur for James Purvitt. The first of their six children, son Charles, was born in July 1917. Kavanaugh was drafted into the military on October 22, 1918, but with the end of the war, was honorably discharged less than two months later. Despite having multiple songwriting credits to his name in the 1920s and numerous hits in the 30s, including Breakin' the Ice, recorded by Fats Waller, Kavanaugh continued to list his occupation as chauffeur until 1942, when his draft registration card showed his employer as ASCAP and he had become a full-time professional songwriter. James Kavanaugh died August 18, 1967, in New York City. Hits from the Kavanaugh catalog include The Umbrella Man, You're Nobody Till Somebody Loves You, Mississippi Mud, and these.
bus Eight o'clock's about right And bring along a freshman with two bucks The girls don't know we're coming But we never fail Grab your favorite garbo I'll take mine with ginger ale That co-ed party Oh, we'll dance and we'll pet That's all there is, there isn't any more that sweetheart of dear old Sigma Chi. Now she's all through with Siggy, cause she found I'm a better guy. Big favor, won't you please? Hocus, pocus, hocus, pocus, Mr. Magician, won't you bring my baby back to me?
Played in 2011, there's the story of the gossip columnist Eagle Eye Finkel of the fictitious Russian Daily News, as sung by Elise Cooper with the Eddie DeLang Orchestra from Bluebird B-10213, March 29, 1939. James Cavanaugh wrote that with Charles J. McCarthy and Sam Ward. Before that, Sam Robbins and his Hotel McAlpin Orchestra, with Sam himself taking the vocal honors on Mr. Magician, written by Kevin Awe, A.F. Weldon, and Charles O'Flynn. Bluebird B-5353 was recorded January 24, 1934. And being heard for the first time on the show, we started our tribute to James Cavanaugh with Bernie Cummins and his New Yorkers with That Co-Ed Party another Kavanaugh-Weldon-O'Flynn collaboration. Columbia 2830-D was recorded October 3, 1933. Los Angeles sportscaster Gil Stratton was a fixture on KNX Radio and CBS Television Channel 2 for decades, and I grew up hearing him open his broadcasts with his trademark line, Hi folks, time to call him as we see him which is what we're going to do for this final segment of the show. Hi, folks. Time to call him as we see him. 
I'm the one I love while the moon is smiling up above. That's what I call heaven. Planning all the things we're going to do when ships come in, dreams come true. That's what I call heaven. For there is just sweet food in our little love nest. Happy there a million miles away from the rest. And when I realize that it won't be long, we'll have to learn our cradle song. That's what I call heaven. Bye. 
about singing the blues But when my sweetie says yes I do That's what I call sweet music Believe me in a little nest Away from all the rest We'll sing a love song Whether it is glad or sad We won't be mad You'll find us harmonizing Married life may not be all joy But when the doctor says it's a boy That's what I call sweet
You've heard it on the show by Eddie South, Charlie Strait, and Melville Morris, but I think that's the first time for That's What I Call Keen by Emerson Gill and his Bamboo Garden Orchestra. Ted Fiorito wrote the music, and the Gus Kahn lyrics were sung there by Pinky Hunter. Takes 1 and 3 from March 27, 1928, were issued on Columbia 1396-D. And Emerson Gill will be getting his own birthday segment on the January 7th show. Pinky Hunter was born August 25, 1899, and I'll see if I can pull enough material together for a segment for him as well. Last played in 2009, That's What I Call Keen was preceded by That's What I Call Sweet Music by Jim Kelleher's Piccadilly Orchestra. Coincidentally, on the Piccadilly label, number 289, with an unidentified vocalist recording in London in mid-April of 1929. That's what I call sweet music was written by Al Hoffman, Pete Wendling, and Jack Meskill. We started the set with Leo Reisman and his orchestra with That's What I Call Heaven, written by Alfred Salman, Dale Wimbro, and George Walter Brown. The vocalist on Victor 21921, recorded March 12, 1929, was Ran Weeks, who will be getting his own birthday segment in February, at which time you'll find out his real first name. My real first name is Glenn, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. (laughs) ¶¶